Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Guys, what's up? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We here, we just had a really important conversation, which was great. We did. And that was obviously this week's episode. But before we get into that little spiel and intro, what's been happening this week for you? Um, Just work. But I like, hmm. Do I talk about it? I don't know. We did an intro last week and you didn't really talk about it. So I don't know. Up to you. Okay. Um, no, let's talk about it because honestly, um, this episode was all about vulnerability mm-hmm. and being honest and open. And when I have spoken to people the last two weeks, every, a lot of people have said, oh, my God, I've been experiencing something similar. Or, or you're, someone they know. Or someone they know. And you've been sending me so many stories lately. So um, I do that. I don't mean to figure out, but I want you to also know that you're not, not the alone. only person. I'm not alone. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, a couple of weeks ago um, I was out and I was talking to a mutual friend of ours and I could um, feel myself going and my vision went, I collapsed, I um, couldn't speak. I thought I was having a stroke and um, felt like to me, which was like, five minutes apparently it was only like a couple of minutes mm. but uh I ended up in the Royal Melbourne Hospital mm-hmm. after that and to be honest ever since then um I haven't been all right I've been going through tests doing heart tests mm-hmm. um my head does feel a bit funny and I've been telling you about that but it wasn't just like a one-off event the week prior, like I was saying to you girls, oh, my heart feels a bit funny. Like yeah. I feel this when I'm running you on the You thought you were having a heart attack and your heart, like, you know, when you see those cartoons and you can see someone's heart like coming out of their chest, I could literally see your heart moving. Yeah, and that's what it's been like ever since. And so, um, yeah, I'm going through tests, but you've, you sent me Kat. Yeah, Kat from Love Island. Yep. She posted something the other day. She's currently traveling around Europe and she posted something yesterday saying someone asked to do Q&A, like, how's your health been? And she's mm. like, guys, to be completely honest, it hasn't been okay. I've been fainting, blacking out, really just feel really off and weird. I said that to you. And then I was listening to a podcast this morning, the health code, Kurt, Sarah Day's husband has been having, like, he felt like he had a heart attack, blacking out, fainting, vision weird and I was like oh my god Sarah I just listened to a podcast blah 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 all the same symptoms as same symptoms and it's really really strange that it's happening and the other thing is like we've had the conversation about um COVID long COVID and um vaccines and um even today we're having the conversation and someone was saying that their wife Mm. had um I think it's called POTS which is now a thing like circulation Mm. your arteries aren't working as um as efficiently um, I had an, another friend come to me that 
um, someone they know has inflammation of the heart and at the moment I'm being treated for that. Mm. So let's just hope it's that. But you know what? I've got a lot of tests coming up in the next month and I am taking it easier. Yeah, you are. And also we're not saying... It's from the vaccine. No, who knows what's COVID. happening? It's just all very strange. Yeah. And it's all been happening and who it's knows? It's very weird. Anyway. And my thing is like I can't change it. Whatever is happening is happening. And, um, yeah, thanks anyway. for mum for coming down and being my nurse. Yeah. What about me? I was oh, in the hospital. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm my joking. God. The, that hospital um, night was just another conversation in itself. Yeah, it was interesting. You, you were my nurse. Thank you very much. I had the actual nurse coming in saying I had my boyfriend was there to visit me. I was like, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. What does he look like? (laughs) Anyway, hands up, like people in the healthcare, like that hospital was wild. Anyway, you all deserve a pat on the back and weird place. Well, that's a nice little, how are you before I say that's not a nice little segue into today's. I'm fine. I'm great. I sound shit. I've got a block nose and I've as you'll hear in the podcast, I had to exit the room twice because I had a coughing fit. So I really do apologize about that. I haven't coughed all day. And yesterday I didn't really cough at all. And then as soon as the podcast starts, my head, because I'm such a psycho anxious person, is like, oh my God, my throat's itchy. Oh my God, I'm going to cough. Oh my God, don't, 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 don't. And then I just lost it. I literally coughed so much. Well, I tried outside to. That I thought I was going to throw up. I tried to hold it together while you weren't here. Yeah, thank you. I actually said to Victoria where we were recording, I was like, thank fuck for Sarah. She, I'm like, she'll be okay. She's got it. <laughs> I did. And I'm fine. I'm fine. I sound shit, but I'm fine. Um, but, yeah, so my little story, it's a nice little intro into today's episode where we speak to uh, Luke Morris. Luke Morris, who's the founder of Lip Timber, mm-hmm. which we- is a, a charity focusing on women's mental health and specifically the mental health gender gap. Yes. And he also brought along Lauren. Um, She is one of the ambassadors. Yeah, Yeah, Liptember ambassadors who has an incredible story. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time I talk to her, I just like, I don't know, I just get goosebumps because I just find her really inspiring from, you know, we've all had shit. Go on. We've all had shit journeys mm. in our life that, um, you know, turn into a positive and I think Lauren's a perfect example of that. She's inspiring a lot of people and having, Changing people's lives. Yeah, having someone get up on the stage and talk about their story is frightening but it's also inspiring to someone who may be listening in the audience. So I think it was amazing to have her on as well. That's very, very yeah. true. Yes. So Liptemba is a foundation and he will talk about it. You can paint your lips the month of like bright colours, the month of September. And I really enjoyed it because I, we had the event last week, but I wasn't very educated in actually what it was. Like I see mm-hmm. it on social media, but I feel stupid <laughs> that I've never actually educated myself on it. And it's a space that we're really passionate about. So I can't wait to get involved next year. And so... Here is the conversation with Luke and Loz. I'm sorry about the coughing. I really do apologise. <laughs> Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on. I'm very excited. We actually went to an event uh, last week. Yeah. Last week and you were the guest speaker and afterwards Tally and I were like, oh, my God, we need to have him on the podcast. So it was a Lip Timber Chemist Warehouse event. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome wellness. Morning, yeah. It was really beautiful. Good. Yeah, it went really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about Lip Timber? 
It's a yeah. It's a. I'll give you the most condensed version I can give you. Yeah. But essentially, we we started Liptember in 2010 um, when we discovered that there was. I guess we know that there's a there's a gender gap when it comes to pay, super, or these areas between both genders, and we sort of discovered that meant there was a mental health gap, which was really surprising and sort of shocked us. Where the majority of mental health research program services were based on men for whatever reason and then applied to women and speaking to the center for women's mental health here in melbourne um we were discussing it and we were that they were doing a lot of great work in placing a gendered lens on mental health and explaining to us why that's so important it made so much sense to us of course if you um tailor um, mental health was gender. Men and women are inherently different, obviously, mm-hmm. and we've got so many different, you know, societal, biological pressures um, that come into play. And it just made sense to us of like, well, of course, you know, research should be more accurate. Programs would have higher success rates, and that's what we was they were seeing. So it was sort of a, a moment where we were like, wow, like this makes. Why isn't someone doing something in this space? When Movember was really big, so yep. remember, Movember was huge, um, which was. It's ironic now looking back. It's so funny that there's, you know, that was unique back then and no one was really doing that sponsorship type model. So we um, we thought, well, why don't we do something that's really visual, similar to what Movember are doing, and we embarked on getting women to wear really bright coloured lipstick and looking a bit silly during the month of September. Um, and since then there's a week and a month and a day for everything now, it seems, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But um yeah, we, we did that and, and then we launched our first campaign and, and, and it sort of went from there and we were raising funds for um, Lifeline and the Centre for Women's Mental Health and it's just sort of grown and grown from, from then on. What are some of the stats when it comes to women's mental health? Because you were firing off some the other day and I was just like, I was actually shocked. Yeah, yeah. This is something that's really key for us now is that I guess in our evolution is what we've started is we've been able to start funding our own outcomes as well. We've, we used to have a model where we would um, support, and we still do support other charities around the country that are working in that space, in women's mental health space, but something we're really proud of now is we've been able to move into funding and what we've recently funded is the first of its kind national research study into women's mental health. So it's amazing that hasn't been done before anywhere, which is really, really surprising again, but I guess what's really exciting is it gives us an insight and I guess an understanding of the state of women's mental health in this country. Um, and some of those top line insights that we um, were able to gather from that report was that one in two Australian women suffering from mental illness at the moment, which is... One in two. One in two. So yeah. half the female population. And I sort of wasn't surprised, which sort of surprised myself, is that... You weren't surprised by yeah, that? Yeah, like I was like, oh, that's a, that sounds about right but that shouldn't sound about right when yeah. then you sit back and you go one in two that's half the female population which is which is just crazy and then half of those women aren't seeking support so we're seeing barriers for instance you know cost um accessibility not knowing where to go um one in four australian women are suffering from a severe mental health disorder um what classifies as a severe yeah, so I think if we're talking mental illness, that comes under yep. the, the category of, you know, anxiety, um, depression. But that's, that's something else that we're really, really interested in in doing work around is we're also hearing f- from women that there's not enough, I guess, awareness around the more complex mental health disorders. So 
you know, schizophrenia, you know, personality disorder, bipolar. These are some of the areas I think we need to step into is that we're doing a great amount of work in, you know, raising awareness around your more common um, anxiety, depression. Everyone's really familiar with that. But Mm -hmm. now I think that next bridge is normalising these more severe and more complex mental health disorders. So a lot has come from that research. Um, Also a lot of the minority groups are slipping through the cracks, you know, LGBTQIA plus community, Indigenous communities, non-English speaking communities are are, are sort of falling behind. Um, And also one that we're, you know, I'm incredibly passionate about too is younger, younger girls' mental health and seeing that mental health is becoming more of an issue and more prevalent earlier um, in age. So it's becoming a big issue for younger girls and it's getting younger and younger, which is a really big, you know, it's really concerning. I was going to say, how how young are we talking here? That you- well, we do work. We've, we've funded outcomes with two to you know, three to five-year-olds. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, so we work with um, an organisation, the Pretty Foundation, which we do some work with instilling um, positive body image and self-confidence in three to five-year-olds. So, mm-hmm. it can, you know, you can start. And I think that's what I'm really, I see a lot of, a lot of positives in it is starting early and, and getting to like using those tools and putting those things in place at an early age yep. um, to before things get out of hand is giving girls, you know, the right mindset and mind frame and giving them the tools um, to, yeah, to, to I guess to, to be prepared for what comes in life. And, mm. you know, we know with social media it's just out of control with, the you know, the standards and un, un, unrealistic expectations placed on young girls. Um, it's just, yeah, and I think that's probably at the core of it, what's going on is that, you know. Social media. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, because it's, it's such an important <laughs> part of, of our lives now, but I think it's such an unhealthy thing as well for people to be constantly comparing and seeing things that aren't necessarily always what you see is what you get. It's, you know, there's the filters and, you know, all the right angles and all yeah. the amount of photos that are taken to get the right one and then you're being displayed that regularly. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really dangerous sort of area, I think, for especially for young girls with comparison and, so uh, over the 10 years, how much money have you raised during September? So we've ticked over $12 million, which is amazing. Huge. Yeah, so it, it's it's incredible. I think, you know, looking back, sometimes you need to sort of take, a, you know, a, a break and, and look back and go, hey, you know, we have achieved so much. Yeah. It's, there's still so much we want to achieve. But, yeah, that those funds um, have gone to, you know, a variety of, of mental health outcomes across the country and, and spanning um different age demographics too, like as we're speaking, like young, mm. really, really, really young girls and then all the way through to older women's mental health and the challenges around ageing and mental health that we've done some specific research in. So, yeah, it's 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 been a long journey but, yeah, really proud of what we've been able to achieve. And so you should be. It's amazing. Thank you. One of the things I love about Liptember is real talk and you can see that on your social media page, on your web page, and we have the beautiful Lauren here today who was one of the real talk guests for Liptember. Um, welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. So you're an ambassador for Liptember this year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you be able to share your story yeah. with everyone? Um, so my name's Lauren and I'm 25 years old. I am a bilateral bilevenie amputee, which means I've lost both of my lower legs and I also have 
um, a form of depression known as treatment-resistant depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I've lived with these illnesses since I was about 14 years old, so it's been <laughs> a fair while. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my teenage years kind of got taken away from me and I spent um, most of that time in psych wards, um, being hospitalised for the depression, not being able to get out of bed or being too high at risk to myself or suicide attempts. And um, I, yeah, spent all of that time pretty much in a psych ward um, and trying to stay well and get better and stuff, which is a little bit ironic, um, seeing as I thought those were my darkest of times, but at the age of 19, um, I was um, in a severe, severe depressive episode. And although I'd had um, attempts in my life before, I genuinely thought nobody wanted me around anymore and that things wouldn't get better. So um, on the 9th of May 2017, I jumped in front of a train, um, trying to take my own life. And how has Liptember changed your life? It's really connected me with um, incredible people, yeah. especially like Luke. I know he won't take credit <laughs> for any of it. No, certainly not. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of given me more of a drive and a motivation to try and change the way that um, not only the way that we see mental health mm. but the way that like mental illnesses in society are, are, is treated and um, just try and better the outcomes for normalising and yeah, having normalizing com- it. conversations. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Tully, welcome oh, back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay? It was so funny because before we were talking and I was fine and then yeah. as soon as it recorded, my head is like, your throat's itchy, your throat's itchy. Oh, my God, I would have coughed. You called it too. You said it was I happen. did. I did. I literally jinxed myself, so I'm so sorry. I'm back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. But that's, oh. this is a thing with mental health. It, Luke, like you were saying before, there's all different stages of a, a woman's life. So you've, you've got your young adolescent, you've got... Um, when you're pregnant, postnatal, when all your hormones are all out of whack. And I don't know, There's I've personally seen um, people go through episodes where they've been hospitalised and things like that too and just being able to um, let them not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to have conversations like this, have lip timber so you can start having conversations with people yeah. just as the the brothers do with Movember and they talk about getting your prostate checked and things and like that. Again, it's sort of, again, that's why we're so passionate about separating men and women when it comes to mental health. So it's not about, you know, men's mental health being more important or women's being more, it's not at all. It's about just it's treating so men and women accordingly. Mm. And when you talk about things like, you know, po- you know, postnatal issues and menopausal you know, that's where we start to go, well, what, you, you've got to separate them and mm. treat them. Um, accordingly and, and when we've done that and this is why this research is so you know exciting for us is to get a really insightful and accurate understanding of how women are, are going in this country at the moment so that's something that we'll be doing annually so what we aim to do is run this this study every year which will give us I guess a benchmark of you know it also allows us to make the most informed impact possible mm. so we know that 
you know, we can see the key areas of where we need to be directing funds towards um, and we work that through into our, you know, our, either all our applications for people around the country to apply for funding um, and allows us to go, okay, where does, this, where, does the fun, where do the funds need to go um, and make sure, you know, we're not throwing darts at a dartboard. We are trying to zero in on the real key issues that are being identified in, in our research. So, it also gives us an ability, yeah, to benchmark and go back and go, hey, have we turned, have we moved the needle on these numbers? Are we improving it? Are we so you can evaluate and see how we're we're tracking as well, which is really exciting. So, yeah, I just think once you start to really take gender, uh, put place gender in the forefront of mental health, things start to connect really nicely, and you start to get a better picture for things. I think. Where does most your funding go? Like, um, so now what it will be now is that we will. After we run our flagship yeah. fundraising campaign, the Lip Temper, uh, Lip Temper campaign, um, we encourage anyone across the country um, to apply for uh, funding if they're working in the women's mental health space mm-hmm. and are a registered charity. Um, and they their applications are lodged um, against the criteria which set, which will be criteria that are aligned with our research report of all the, the gaps and the areas that we think need supporting. But in the past, we've worked with various organisations. We've worked with Centre for Women's Mental mm-hmm. Health. We've worked with Jean Hales, um, who are a great organisation, do a lot of work with women's health. Um, we've done a lot of work with, you know, youth organisations, Batia. Um, we've worked with Lifeline. So we've worked with a, a lot of different mental health organisations and I guess worked closely with them to direct into really specific areas of women's mental health. And mm-hmm. some of those organisations, such as, um, but here are not gender specific, but our funds will go towards outcomes that have got a gendered focus. So we go into all girls schools and talk to girls about mental health and things like this. So the outcome is a gender specific outcome. So yeah, there's been a, a over that journey, you know, it's been, you know, quite a while, I think 12 years or so that we've been running that, you know, we've funded, you know, a lot of, a lot of programs to date. Yeah, so you've been running for 12 years, but how, what do you want to do next year? Is there anything that you want to evolve or change or expand? Yeah, so I think that one of our biggest sort of changes recently is um, just putting our our foundation at the forefront is this is where we house all our, our research, our outcomes, our impact reports, why we do what we do, and that the Liptember campaign is, is a fundraising event each year that yeah. raises funds for that foundation. So really growing that foundation um, and I think that's I think this is our first stepping stone into that space of doing gender specific research Um, and that's going to be really exciting is that you know it's going to get you know bigger and bigger each year and um, to see I guess the insights each year and see directly the difference we're making is going to be really exciting but I guess growing that that campaign still growing the foundation um, something we're incredibly passionate about, and that's why Lauren and I do a lot of work together and Lauren speaks on behalf of our mm-hmm. campaign a lot, is that you'll see Lauren through our, our campaign. So um, we have a bit of a no-bullshit sort of approach where mm-hmm. we put our, I guess, our community at the forefront yeah. is that our ambassadors are our community and our fundraisers. So we connected um, with Lauren through the campaign as she was a fundraiser and we heard about her story and just was so taken back by it and was so powerful that um, she then came and we do a real talk series where we have our community share their stories. Um, so 
I think that's something I'm incredibly passionate about is um, seeing that filtered through our campaign. And, you know, when you see our imagery for the campaign and you go on the website, you see people like it's Lauren. Real people. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And you hear from, from, from real mm-hmm. women with real stories. So um, I think that's something that we're, you know, really strong on and we want to just lean into more and more yeah. um, to be as authentic, relatable, transparent as possible. Yeah. And Lauren, how does that make you feel to be one of the faces? Um, at the start, it made me a little bit nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, like Luke, mental Ill, uh, advocating for mental mm-hmm. illnesses and just mental health in general, it's a topic I've been really passionate about, like, since day dot. Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes me feel more excited and more passionate about, like, the things that are happening mm-hmm. within the mental health world and the mental health communities because, say, like, 10 years ago when Luke started Lip Temper, um, there wouldn't have been, like, any of half of the organisations that there are now that we wouldn't have been able to speak about half of the things that we can True. speak about now. Mm-hmm. And um, let's just say that, like, even though we have a, like, really, really long way to go in terms of ending the stigma towards mental illnesses, um, through speaking about all of this, we have ended a lot of the stigma that was um, associated with it in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of made me more excited and more passionate to be able to speak about it and it's just given me a drive to try and change yeah, yeah, the, everything in general. You yeah. took the words out of my mouth because you guys are creating a change. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. And it's sort of nice to see that come circle is like that that connection of, you know, meeting Lauren through the campaign mm. like naturally and then Lauren, you know, Lauren and I started doing um, some speaking engagements with some of our partners and corporate supporters um, to share Lauren's story and the importance of, you know, raising awareness around women's mental health. So it's really nice. It's sort of special how that's all connected. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. I was watching a real talk this morning and I, maybe it's my own ignorance, um, I was like I thought mental health and things like that were just for you as an individual and you had one real talker talk about um, she was a carer for yeah. mental health and I never thought about yeah, that, yeah, yeah. whether it's your mum or your, your dad or a sibling or a friend yeah. who um, does have mental health issues that impacts you as well yeah definitely yeah yeah we've funded some work recently with the carers foundation around that supporting carers and their mental health so it's definitely an area that we're very aware of is you know really significant and something that we need to invest in for sure yeah mm. yeah Lauren have you uh, doing your talks and stuff like that have you met any other um you know inspiring women as well um I'm a firm believer too that every woman in their own way is inspiring. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have. It's actually like a really small world. When I did the um, talk for Chemist Warehouse last Friday, I had my ex-neighbour come no up way. to me. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God, I just got goosebumps. Yes, <laughs> my ex-neighbour come up to me and she goes, I remember you and your sister riding bikes up the street and I'm thinking, oh, my God, who's this kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, small world. Wow, crazy. that's crazy. Um. One of the girls I went to high school with came up to me too and then just even so I'll go, it's a bit like irrelevant to this but. Yeah, we love stories. Last year I did a thing for Seven News and the night I got struck by a train, some idiot decided to call the cameraman and stuff to start filming oh. and my dad was at the scene and he was like bloody pissed, like he would have 
punch like the yeah, person yeah, yeah. off the bridge kind of thing that night. Yeah. Um, he was filming and then so that cameraman was filming over the bridge and that's like F off, like yeah. screaming at him. And um the seven news camera guy was like, I recognize you from somewhere. And we're like, where? He goes, Oh, like, is that what happened? Kind of thing. Like, yeah, he was a cameraman that was there the night oh. of my accident. Now, like, filming me, sharing my story oh my for seven years. And we were just like, what the hell? This is really freaky. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's wild. It is a small world. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. We always say that about Melbourne as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. So, yeah. yeah. So it just it really freaked us out. We just got goosebumps, like, everywhere. And we're like, how, how does this happen? Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Obviously, I've missed half of this because I was dying outside coffee. <laughs> but have we spoken about the partnership with Chemist Warehouse? No, not yet. No. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the partnership with Chemist Warehouse. How did that come along? Because Chemist Warehouse is a phenomenal business. You must be so proud to have someone like that, business like that, behind this amazing cause. Yeah, 100%. And that was really, I guess, the catalyst for us to give us a, a bit of that break. Yeah. I was When I was running this, I was doing... You know, trying to do two jobs and I was labouring with a brother-in-law and if you see me, I'm not I'm not cut out <laughs> to be a labourer. Um, but, yeah, it's just trying to keep head above water and mm-hmm. I guess it came in at a really great time and um, we connected with them and they saw some, you know, real potential in what we were trying to do and believed in what we were doing and got right behind it and it just sort of took off from there. Um, it was, you know... It was it was amazing to have them come in, you know, an organisation of that size and that scale to allow us to to grow um, and do some of the things that I was dreaming of. Yeah. I thought, how am I going to get to A to B to C and now we're at D and E and F? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, like we've we've worked with them for now nearly ten years, and just been an amazing amazing partner to us and has allowed us to to do all the work we do and I guess, you know, some of these organisations don't get the kudos that they deserve and um, I think people sometimes look for negative stories rather than positive sometimes and I think it's something that I think they should be really proud of as well is that long-term commitment that they've Mm -hmm. shown us is that, you know, without their support we wouldn't have been able to get to where we are and to to fund all the, the outcomes that we have funded across the country. So they've made an enormous impact and, even, I guess, with our campaign, there's two things that are really important as well is, you know, there's raising the funds for the outcomes and the programs and the initiatives that we that we fund, but there's also the awareness that's really important mm-hmm. too um, and encouraging people to speak and talk about mental health and that's where they also provide so much support for us as well through their enormous store network there. Stores are just unbelievable. Yeah, Every incredible. year they get right behind it and their staff get right into it each each September um, and do just an amazing job of not only raising funds but raising really significant awareness through, you know, they have an enormous footprint of stores across the country. So, yeah, and they're, they're you know, I've had a really, you know, close relationship working with the group and, and know the business really, really well and, you know, I, I'm incredibly grateful and always grateful for the, I guess, the, the chance they sort of, sort of took on it and, and their vision to see that, you know, the potential it had and, yeah, incredibly grateful for this. It's amazing. Support. So it was like two years into having with Timber and they came on board. Yeah, I yeah. think I've done my third and I was Incredible. literally my mum and dad were like, if you ever want to move out of house before you're 30, <laughs> this is probably not working. Yeah. And I didn't want to like, I didn't want to start and I was like no and I kept sort of pushing and pushing and it was just by chance of connecting with Chemist Warehouse and, 
I was probably considering going, look, I don't know if I can get this off the ground. It's, mm-hmm. you know, an incredibly competitive space. And, um, yeah, I was sort of considering that. And then I think that's like, a really good thing too in, in life in general is just persisting Yeah, because you never know what's around the corner. Mm-hmm. If I'd have gone, oh, look, I can't do this anymore, I can't sustain it, I would have not known what potentially could have happened. So, and, yeah, and then you look back and you go, you know, nearly a decade working with them, it's, it's such a, a, a significant support they provide. Yeah. It's huge. And, you know, they're, they're, with them supporting us, we can do all this. We can achieve what we're trying to achieve. You know, all this work around, you know, the research with our foundation and all the things we're, we're looking to do, um, you can actually plan and, and I guess, tackle some of these really significant um, Object, goals that we're trying to achieve because you've got that backing. So yeah. that's that's a really that, that's huge as well. I think that's important knowing that's there. Yeah, I hope you acknowledge. I hope you go back because we're talking before about how we don't acknowledge like our wounds <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I hope yeah. you really let that sink in because that's amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah, not you good should at be that. very I'm, proud. I'm definitely certainly not someone that's great at. You never take credit for no. it. No. Yeah, but I think as you're always trying to do the next yeah, thing, you're like well, you're always how are we going to get to to yeah. this point and then to this point and. Yeah, sometimes you do need to stop and, and take stock of what you've achieved. And yeah. go, you know, it's, we have done some amazing work. But yeah, I'm just always constantly going, okay, what's the next yeah, thing? Yeah. How do we get mm-hmm. to that? And, you know, I've got so many things that I've always wanted to achieve with, mm-hmm. with the, the campaign and the foundation and things that I, I, I thought were just so um, far down the line that have, you know, just recently we've been able to achieve, which is. You know, what are really some really of those things? But just, I think the, I guess, funding our own outcomes and yeah, saying yeah. uh, as a foundation, that research component was really something that I was, I was really proud of is that we were actually um, being, a, we were able to, to, to do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess growing that, I guess the hard thing too is that, you know, the, the campaign is really light and fun and that's what it's supposed to be. Mm. So, you know, you want people to, um, it's a really significant topic, but you want people to speak um, and feel comfortable and share things and putting on, you know, and looking a bit silly, putting on really bright coloured lipstick is great, but there's also a really significant um, side, which is where the foundation I'm really proud of now is that we are, we do have that side where we, you know, have got all of our our outcomes, our impact reports, um you know what we, who with our team, who we are, what we do, what we're all about. Um, our case studies for some of the outcomes we've funded. Like the, I guess the more um, serious side of what we're trying to achieve. That's something I'm incredibly proud of. And I was running this by myself for a long time. Majority of this, I was doing it and doing everything at a real surface level, mm. which was really hard. Is like doing everything really averagely because yeah. you couldn't get to everything. And yeah, we grew our team, and I brought on. Um, a couple of girls that work with me who have just been changed my world completely. I've one, the first girl um, came on board, our marketing manager, Katrina, has just changed my life. She's sort of, I use the analogy that she's come into my room and my clothes, there's shit everywhere. <laughs> and she's colour coded my socks and put my shirts I in order. That. And she's probably like, why do you put that there? And why do you put that here? And I'm like, oh, I just because I do. Yeah. So, um, and then also Ruby, who manages, manages our community. But that's something I'm still really passionate about. And we are, as a foundation, is keeping our overheads really low. That's yeah. another thing Chemist Warehouse allowed us to do. I worked internally at Chemist Warehouse for a long time and it meant that we didn't have to have, you know, an office that we had to lease or anything like that. Yeah. And we work, we still work remotely. So we, as a team, work remotely. So we have really, really low overheads. 
never don't take the piss on you know costs and and things that we have um but still being able to invest in the foundation to grow to achieve the things we want to do but keeping it within that that space that we we're comfortable with and that's why we're really passionate about you know um, if you do visit our foundation website or our impact reports on where the funds um, go, is really clear and transparent. That's something we, we really mm-hmm. try and achieve. It's obviously just Australia-based, isn't it, the foundation? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we just run nationally. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever look at going internationally? We did recently. Um, oh. it's, it's really... Yeah. It's, it's really... <laughs> I've got it's, a question for you. It's, there's some um, laws overseas that have changed recently makes okay. it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But it's definitely on, on our horizon, the chemist warehouse room. New Zealand as yeah, well, which mm-hmm. was a, a, an area we were really interested in looking yeah. at. But, yeah, it just sort of takes – it's one of those things too is like there's so much we need to achieve yeah. here and mm. sort of putting the, the, yeah, the cart before it's the like horse. like do you stay in your own lane or do you want yeah, to Yeah, there's definitely our ambition yeah, to do that. Yeah. We, we're definitely – it's you know, in, on, on horizons, it's just sort of when the timing's right. Yeah, think, yeah. of course. I was going to say, how many people have signed up for Lip Timber this year? Um, I think we've got about 1,500 fundraisers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's brilliant. So, yeah. And, yeah, people like Warren just – I, I love that as well, that aspect of it too is like looking through all the content that's being posted and shared and seeing people's – I actually signed up for the – like believe it or not, I've never signed up to actually wear lipstick and being <laughs> no a CEO. Way. I should have. Really? That's really bad. But, yeah, I've actually – I reached my goal the other day, so I have to wear bright pink lipstick. I think. For how long? For the day, for, for the, the last day, day of okay. September, I didn't go for four months. Yeah, it's a bit of a You're cop out. But yeah, so just going to be home. <laughs> yeah, so no photos will definitely be supplied. But yeah, so it, that's a, a lovely. I love going to even like the bios that people are writing and you know the stories behind mm, why they're getting really, involved mm. is really really special. So yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. How do both of you guys check in on your mental health each day? Good question. Um, <laughs> I'm naturally a very anxious person. Yeah. Like, it's funny. Like the space I work in, I hate public speaking. Yeah. I have to do a fair bit of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm naturally very anxious. But I think um, I recently, um, one thing I did that was really extreme actually, comes, come to think of it, is I don't have social media. So I've got LinkedIn, yeah. which I use, which is really important for, for work. But I axed my Instagram and Facebook, which was so hard to do, to go cold turkey, having no socials. But it's actually been amazing for my mental health yeah. is that I don't have that comparison constantly in life. It's mm. looking at, you know, I think I'm really, another thing that's really, I'm really big on is with social media, you know, before social media, you'd have a, a bad day and you'd go home and now you could go you go home and it's compounded by comparing. So yeah, you're yeah. sitting there and you're already feeling a bit shitty and then you're just going, Oh, why am I not out at dinner with this person? Why yeah. haven't I bought a new and car? This, this, this bit on the yeah. news and that bit on the news. Yeah. 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 And just... I think that's what social media is really like I don't love about is the the comparison, the constant mm. comparison. And we know that what you're looking at is a keyhole of what people want you to see is you don't see all aspects of everyone's life. You see the highlight reel and that compounds your bad day. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, another, you know, another area where with work is before emails and, and technology, you'd have a crappy day and you'd go, look, go home, you switch off, you disconnect, I'll get in there earlier tomorrow, get in now early and I'll sort it out. But work follows you home and, and you know, social follows you home. And I'm, that's another area of, you know, um, with with youth mental health too, I didn't come through high school luckily with I just missed social media. Mm. So I can imagine, you know, high school and growing up is really tough 
it was yes, already right. really tough. Yeah. Now you sort of can't escape it. it it's with yeah. you everywhere. So, yeah, I, that, that's something I did is that I don't have social. Really hard. I don't prescribe it to everyone. It's a pretty hard thing to do, but it has been a really good thing for me to be able to. I'm big on disconnecting. Yeah, so yeah. No emails after certain times unless it's really necessary. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I try and totally switch off and it's not work time. Yeah, you're like the third person I've heard this month to disconnect from social media. Really? Yeah. Might be a trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Justin Kenner too. Oh, where's one of them? Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird funny. because yeah. so I've got through I guess through our campaign period I've still got access to our um to view our, our so, accounts yeah. yeah but it feels alien because you sort of look at it and because I'm not exposed to the types uh-huh. of content that is shared through social things are really out there for me like yeah, I feel, I feel really old but like I see content and I'm like oh is that cool or is that yeah, is that yeah, what people yeah. are doing and yeah. it's really bizarre because I haven't been that's been a gradual process that people have been desensitized to is like mm-hmm. but if you've been totally the plugs being pulled on and you come back into that world it's really bizarre yeah i have a question when it comes to like friendships and relationships and not having social media yeah are your conversations a little bit more authentic now because you don't know what they've been well, up yeah because i need to yeah I, you like need you to do check genuinely in need to yeah mm. catch up and check in and see how people are going and what they've been up to so definitely um yeah, that that's something. That's a really good point. I mm. didn't even probably think about that, but thinking, you know, I you know catch up with friends for dinners and stuff, and yeah, there's more things mindful. I don't know about. Yeah. yeah, you don't know what yeah. if they've been out to breakfast yeah. and you're like, oh, how was that cafe this morning? Not that you're not yeah. interested yeah. when you catch up with friends, but you're actually interested. Yeah, you don't yeah. know. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. And what about you, Lauren? I'm a bit like Luke. I like to switch off social media. I'm on it all the time, but I have periods where I am like. No social media, mm. no nothing. I just do whatever I want to do mm-hmm. for myself. Um, I also try not to look at social media all the time or too much because, like Luke, I'm also a very anxious person mm-hmm. and I'm also the type of person um, that likes to compare myself to everyone else. And because my up, my teenage years and how my life is now is a lot different to, say, how my friend's life was as mm-hmm. teenagers or how... Um, people I went to school with, like, they're starting to have kids and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm just starting to work mm-hmm. for the first time in my life because I was never able to before that. Um, I kind of, if I get stuck in that trap, I kind of feel like I'm behind in life and I'm like, well, shit, mm-hmm. um, I'm stuffed. I'm never going to get anywhere. I'm never going to go anywhere. And the more I think about it, the more depressed I get, the more depressed I get, the longer I spend in bed, so mm-hmm. on, so on, so on. Um so I try to take a step back and then I think that try to remind myself that mm. my path was very, very different to my friends and other people's and I had to do what I had to do at the time to survive and mm-hmm. get through what I had to get through and I shouldn't be ashamed of it and I shouldn't have to apologise for that. And just because my life is, you know, really starting to begin now doesn't mean I'm behind. Everyone no has way. a different kind of journey. Everyone has a different path and everyone's supposed to be doing things at different times in their lives. So I think, like, for me, taking a step back and just realising that, um, I am where I need to be and that's more than enough and I should be proud of that. Yeah, you should. Definitely. Isn't that funny because we had just had a podcast a couple of weeks ago, Sarah and I, obviously in our 30s, and that was something that we were saying was coming up like in, in our, our 20s. 20s was comparing. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny now to hear that every single person we talk to mm. has the same issue. So maybe it is the social media. Maybe it's it like is. I, and 
guilty. Everyone's guilty. I try not to, but I still compare yeah. myself. Same thing. Like, I don't have kids. We're in our 30s. I see friends with kids and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, maybe I am behind. Maybe yeah. I should have had kids. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have focused on the career. It's such a thing that's ingrained in us. In but the it's tools you yeah. use in your brain to get over that. In high school, Instagram was just starting out and everything, mm. right? So until the school banned it on the iPads <laughs> through yeah. the Wi-Fi, yeah. all the girls would sit there on Instagram and be like, oh, my God, like, look at Kendall Jenner's body. I need yeah. my body to be like yeah. this. I'm only going to eat this and this mm-hmm. and this. And, like, at the time I had an eating disorder, so it was triggering to yeah, heal all that stuff. But looking back on it, it's kind of sad that straight away you're sitting there in class, you're supposed to be learning, mm-hmm. but you're just comparing yourself on what you think you need to look like and who you think you need to be like. Sometimes I wish I never had social media yeah. and that we grew up in a generation where, you know, you could just be kids and you could go out with your friends and have those memories without having a phone and, oh, my God, I have to take this for Instagram or Snapchat mm. and look here and look there. Like when I hear stories of my parents growing up and the times that they had together with their friends, I'm like, I want I that. I wish I had I wish yeah. I had that. Yeah. Like it sounds the, so much more freeing and mm-hmm. you know what the genuine. solution is? It's really hard one because you I can't go back now. You have to no. get a genie out of the yeah. 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 I don't know either, but I think it's really good that you're aware of their, your, you know, triggers yeah. because I'm still, like I said, I still – I still struggle with the comparing yeah. thing and I know that's my thing, but it's the turning the thoughts around. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Actually, this is my journey, not theirs. We're on yeah. different paths. This is my life. Or even just following accounts that are more healthy. Inspiring, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. a really good yeah. point is like yeah. knowing what your triggers are. Exactly. And knowing what's mm. good for you and what's yeah. not. Is, I think that's the best thing to do is have the tools because I don't think it's as, you know, not many people can just go, look, I'm just going to mm. jump off social media. No. It's really difficult. Um, but I think it's, yeah, having – I guess the awareness to mm-hmm. go, look, that's probably not great for me. Yeah, that's not yeah. content that I want to mm-hmm. be consuming. So, And even now, like with my friends and other people in person, I feel guilty and I feel bad that I am, like I shouldn't feel bad that I'm a disabled person now, mm-hmm. but I do because if my friends are out and I'm on a night out with them, I can't keep up with them and <coughs> I can't walk as fast as I can and everything like that. And for so long, like I would, I wouldn't allow myself to go out with anyone mm-hmm. because I didn't want to feel like a burden to other people. But um, it's just like internalized ableism for me. Like I just feel like I am just going to piss people off mm-hmm. because I'm disabled, and I, I know I shouldn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But in a way, I think that um, even though I've come to terms with what has happened, I still have a lot of coming to terms with. What has happened? Yeah. Like it's only been five years. It's still, it's still young, fresh. Yeah. And it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. It's a continuous journey. Like I found out the other day um, when I got new prosthetic legs that um, a bilateral below the knee amputee, so for spread my lower legs, um, me walking 400 metres is like a, say, professional sprinter walking 400 metres. Um, running f- 400 metres, sorry. Oh, wow. That's how much energy it takes for an amputee to oh, walk wow. 400 metres. So it kind of like put things in comparison and I thought, you know what, like I'm really trying hard here and I'm working like literally my ass off yeah. to even stand up. Um, I don't need to apologise for. No. Nah. And you're doing I'm amazingly. Doing things differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Yeah, very inspiring. What fills your cups up then? Question. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a father, so mm-hmm. my son probably is my main thing. Yeah. I think you probably, there's nothing more sobering than when your child tells you to go off your phone too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, dad, get off your phone. You go, oh, shit, you know, 
Um, that's really an eye opener. But yeah, probably my spending time with my son and family. That's mm-hmm. my, my big one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably family too. Yeah. Dogs. Yeah. What kind of dog do you have? I've got two long-haired German shepherds. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> family's our one as well. Yeah. We've always fills our cups yeah. up. Yeah. Like, and we have this rule too when it comes to work or whatever. It's like family always comes first. Yeah. As much as how busy you are, like Sarah's got nieces, nephews, I've got two nieces. And it's like if they need to be babysat because our sisters or brothers need to do something, mm. it's there. It's like family always first. And it does fill up your cup. Yeah. It's important. Really important. I just want to say thank you both for having this conversation. I think what I'm taking out of it is that I don't, maybe just to be more honest with your friends, more open yeah. about how mm-hmm. you're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I think vulnerability, it's just the first step. Like if you can, it's like when you're on the edge of the cliff, like can, yeah. you, can you take that conversation to the next level? Mm-hmm. And I think with having the campaign Lip Timber and having conversations like this, I think we're going to allow many people to speak more honestly yeah. about yeah. how they're it's feeling. A, yeah. it's definitely a flow-on effect. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nah. No. You know, no. speaking up about how you're feeling. Yeah. Of course. Again, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but the month of September, what should people be doing? <laughs> if, am I repeating myself? No, no, no Right, right. right. Yeah. So what should people be doing? So it's still, we've still got plenty of time, still half of the month left. Yes. So um, to get into Chemist Warehouse yep. and buy their Lip Temper lipstick That's and to jump on our website, liptember.com.au, mm-hmm. and register to become a fundraiser. So like myself, you can wear it for one day mm-hmm. or you can wear it throughout the whole month or even a week. So, um, and then also jumping onto our, the liptemberfoundation.org.au, which is where you can download our national research study um, that's accessible for everybody and also a bit more information about all the work we're doing and the outcomes that we're funding. Amazing. You guys are doing amazing, amazing work. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank yeah, you thank you. Us. And I'm sorry about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.